Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast. Wrap-up edition. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Remember, kids, wrap it up. Yeah, always wrap it up, or uh, make sure your duck is rubber, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your hat before you party. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so this is the episode that we do between seasons of Expounded Universe. What? 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 <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I just started thinking of more dumb things to say about that, like put on your rain slicker before you go sticker. <laughs> well, I, I suppose there could be a variety of useful condom aphorisms. Yeah, uh, there might be. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Put on your helmet before you go to war. I what? Eh. Yeah, something. Make sure you got a banana ready before you bring your banana bag out. <laughs> but if I already have a banana ready, why am I bringing the banana bag out? <laughs> To put the banana in the banana bag. Oh, this is putting the banana away. Yeah, you gotta put the banana away. And it's put banana. the banana away. Kids, <laughs> put the banana away. I think every kid understands what that means. Kids, you're too young. Put the banana away. <laughs> you're too young for bananas. Listen, kids. <laughs> Listen, kids. Don't go into that banana bag yet. Let me tell you, your father and I experimented with bananas way too early. <laughs> and that's why you're here. And uh, you don't want to make the same mistakes we did. Like you. Yeah. You're so, a mistake. So go put that banana back in the bunch uh, of bananas. <laughs> the bunch of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't the bunch of bananas like a 1960s band or something? Oh, the bunch of bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assumed that was some kid's show from the 60s. Uh, We're well, the bunch of bananas. It's both, I'm sure. Here's our band, the bunch of bananas. Yeah, that's right. The drummer's a walrus. Yeah, fucking whatever. Who cares? It's the 60s. Who gives a shit? Timothy O'Leary. <laughs> so, uh, so John, how are you? I am so hungry. Yeah, I figured you might be hungry. Hungry for flesh. <laughs> you, you rarely remember to eat during the day. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't, if, I don't know if you forget or if you just don't do it. I just don't. You just don't I eat. mean, a lot of the time I just forget. And huh. then by the time I'm like, maybe I should do that. I'm like, but it's already so late. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you can eat after this episode, so... You've got that to look forward to. Yep. Actually, That's why I want to get through this episode as quickly as possible. And we're done. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you in the hour-long bonus content episode. <laughs> so uh, what do we do here on the wrap-up apps, John? Well, after we finish a book, we like to take a minute or, you know, an hour. Roughly and, an hour. <laughs> roughly an hour. Yeah. And reflect back on the experiences that we've just had, mm -hmm. and also answer any questions that might be lingering that any of you listeners have about it. That's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, th that's always the case. So if you have questions that develop during any of these books, you can always send them to us via email and so on. Uh, the best way to send them to us, as always, is over tw is over our Discord. Yes. Uh, we'll give you a hashtag. In, uh, I'm going to start doing this in the future. Uh, during each episode, we'll mention a hashtag that you can use to send us questions. And then we can round them all up in the Discord and answer your questions during the wrap-up eps. Indeed. That's uh, that's just how we do this. That's how we like to party. That's just how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. We like to take a little break between doing the books, mostly so we can find another book. And also because it gives us something really big to do during these wrap-up episodes, which is announce what's coming soon. That's right. Because I've got right here in my very hands the next book in the series. And I'm going to announce it to you immediately at the end of this episode. <laughs> so, uh, so John, what did you think of Red Harvest? How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling real good. Yeah. Now, as someone that never read any Star Wars books before this podcast, and as someone that <laughs> generally finds them to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And as someone that always wears a diaper. Yeah, yeah. as someone that is 
currently and always wearing a diaper. Yeah, yeah. On some part of me. <laughs> You'll never know where. Yeah, I mean, it might be on my head. I might look like a Dengar. Yeah, it's definitely on his head, folks. He's in a Dengar costume. Yeah, that's how you know I've been doing this podcast too long, is I know what Dengar looks like or who Dengar is. <laughs> Let's be real. You know what Deng- who Dengar is because of the X-Wing game. That's t- Well, I know the name <laughs> Dengar because of that game. <laughs> But he does look like a weird old man with a diaper on his head. <laughs> that is but very true. It's interesting that you decided to do a Dengar costume entirely in the medium of diapers. <laughs> yes. I mean, you've got like body armor on Top there. Top to bottom. Made of diapers. You're carrying that bazooka thing somehow made of diapers. That's what they call me, old diaper Dengar. <laughs> and I go to cons. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you might actually get some internet notoriety if you were to do that. Yeah, if I were diaper Dengar and I went to <laughs> conventions, I'm almost positive i would become an internet sensation let me ask you a follow if, if you were diaper dengar would you also just wear a diaper like a normal way like the normal way to wear a diaper no just all in addition to your dengar costume but just also a big old diaper no no okay. what i would do is i would put diapers for everything except for w- where a diaper normally and then goes the, right, and then that would just be shorts <laughs> and then right there nothing <laughs> right there dangling that would get you a whole lot of internet <laughs> attention There's that, this that would get me a whole lot of jail time <laughs> Well, it depends on the convention you go to as Diaper Dengar. <laughs> I think if you go to like a diaper convention or something, you'd probably be okay. No, they'd hate it. <laughs> they'd be like, hey, you're not diapering right. Get out of here. <laughs> That's every wrong way to wear a diaper To jail with you, sir. And you're like, hey, there's no wa- wrong way to wear a diaper. And they're like, yes, there is, and it's you. You're <laughs> you're the wrong way. <laughs> so anyway, Diaper Dengar, you're feeling good about the book? I'm feeling good about the book. Yeah, I mean, a, yeah. as someone that loves horror mm-hmm. in general as a genre, it was it was fun to have a sci-fi zombie story that, you know, followed some of the tropes. Like, yeah. you still had a lot of the standard zombie stuff, but it, it integrated the Star Wars stuff in there well enough. I was appreciative to finally find a, a book that had some teeth to it. And I don't mean, like, you know, biting ah, zombie, zombie whatever. Teeth. Not, not, ah. not the joke. But rather that this book, this book killed people like constantly. Yeah, it did not give a fuck. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, sorry, whoever control Lucasfilm or whoever controls the licensing rights for these characters won't let you kill any of them unless it's sweeps week and then just Chewbacca. Yeah, I mean, most of the time when it's like, oh, someone died in this book, it's a main character fired into a group of people and hit a stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay. Or Dash Rendar dies, apparently, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No. Or or Shizor dies, apparently, but no, he doesn't. Uh, no, it does. Everyone lives. I think the only characters with names... <laughs> Everybody na- lives! Yeah. I mean, the only characters with names in them that they, they're willing to kill in the books is pretty much Crix Maydeen and, and uh, the Chewbacca. And the, I don't know who that first one was, so uh, there we go. General Maydeen. Uh, he's... He's the guy who's introduced to, d- to describe to the Rebellion how they're going to blow up the second Death Star in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Great. He's got a he's got a lovely light brown beard that looks like it's made out of the soft part of Velcro. Okay. Yeah, like he, it looks like it's super thin but you still can't see through it. I mean, he's just got a luscious beard. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing a brown tennis ball for the lower half of his face. So just very very compact beard. It's compact. very dense. Yeah, super dense. Beard. It's uh it's just a fantastic 70s beard. Great. And and they killed him, John. They killed him. They killed him for his beard. <laughs> they killed him dead for his audacity to beard. <laughs> yeah. I think, all, I, I can't say this one with any 100% certainty because it happened during the Yuzhan Vong shit, but I think Mon Mothma also dies. My God. But peacefully, like in her sleep or something. Ah! I so. would love if that was just like a side note. Also, Mon Mothma died. <laughs> great if it was just two people talking to each other uh mon mothma died this evening she was eaten by wolves (laughs) she was delicious (laughs) 
No, but like, uh, it, it was great for me if it came up in the same kind of long, stilted, stupid conversation that's in all these books. Yeah. All like Han pops into a room, Chewbacca, this food tastes like recycled boot leather with pond slime sprinkled. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Like recycled uh, Jandarian boot leather. Dura leather boot fur uh, with pond scums, recycled CO2 compartments uh, sprinkled neatly all over it. Also, Mon Mothma's dead. (laughs) Uh, The world was invaded by aliens and Mon Mothma's dead. (laughs) I'm gay, and Mon Mothma has died. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so, yeah, I really did appreciate the fact that this book was willing to go the distance and killing people. Very few survivors. Yeah. Even people that you think are like, ooh, you're setting this up to be main characters will get just cacked off. Just murdered indiscriminately, and it was great. It was a fun surprise every time. Yeah. Like, I expected Lusk to go to the distance. I figured he was going to be one like, of the last lightsaber fights. Oh, yeah. I assumed... Both Rat and Lusk were going to be around for a bit, and mm-hmm. they would have to like their final fight, and then it just did not happen. Yeah, not even close. It was pretty fantastic overall. I thought at least one of the Sith would try to join up with the uh, with the Rebellion Jedi, and then have to fight back to back and get to freedom. Yeah, but no, Mm-mm. nothing. Because that's the kind of crap that you would expect from from a uh, uh, you know usually a not very good Star Wars book. Is like, what if Jedi had to work with Sith? Bleh. They'd get back to back, and they'd have a blue lightsaber and a ra- oh wait, I'm just describing uh, the. The Last Jedi, aren't I? Yeah. Shoot. Oh, Cause, shoot. Cause that's actually pretty good. Oh, and, shoot. And I, feel, I feel like I'm swelling the dicks of some real internet assholes. Swelling the dicks. Yeah, they, they get all hard with it. Welcome hear. to Swelling the Dicks. <laughs> We're a band. Swelling the Dicks. Swelling the Dicks. That'd be an amazing, like, surf rock band. Oh, yeah. Swelling the Dicks is an amazing surf rock band, and everyone else but the main singer is named Dick. <laughs> it's the- Three guys named Dick, and then the main guy's not named Swell, but whatever. Oh, yeah. It, it's fine. <laughs> Dude, but would, he is. He's Swell. I would completely go see Swell in the Dicks. Right? Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, that could open for, like, the Polecats. <laughs> <laughs> now playing at the Surfside Arena, Swell in the Dicks. And you're like, ooh, fuck yeah. Ooh, that sounds awesome. We hope you like surf rock legend Dick Dale, because he's here, too. <laughs> he's in Swell in the Dicks. <laughs> Obviously. Why not? He's one of the Dicks. <laughs> I mean, how how lucky for us that one of the very few surf rock legends was actually already named Dick. Right? Yeah. He's the guy who wrote Miserloo. <laughs> I know. Of course you know, because you're a rad dude. I'm a rad dude, and I love surf rock. It's so good. And we, you can quote me on that. I will. I will. <laughs> I'm a rad dude, and I love surf rock. Quote John. <laughs> that's going to be on the cover of so many, like, one-sheet posters. <laughs> Stapled to pier-side, like, light posts and stuff. Ugh. <laughs> All right. So uh, I apologize for how that was weird. <laughs> what I meant to say was I hate to make anyone who's one of those weird. I spend all my time on the internet now being mad about Star Wars guys like feel vindicated for even a moment. Yeah, I just I want them all to stop. Like it seems like at this point they've made it so that being a Star Wars fan is a sad, dour experience. Yeah, it's like, it, it's back to being one of those things where you're like, I can't say I'm a Star Wars fan out loud or on the internet, or else some asshole's gonna come like running breathlessly into the room <sighs> you know <laughs> give me five good reasons that the last jedi shouldn't be burned at the stake and you're like why is it five i'm sea lioning sir <laughs> and in fact your reticence to give me five just made it seven <laughs> you just got two months <laughs> you mess with the bull you get the horns young man 
So anyhow, I was really surprised we didn't get a back-to-back Jedi Sith thing. Yeah. Just but the book kept surprising me and honestly, that was my favorite one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. It was it was a well-structured plot for a book. I was like, "Good, you did it. You took a concept that otherwise might have been real fucking stupid and goofy and actually made something out of it." Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I was not I, I picked this book cuz I was like, "Wait, zombies in the pre-republic like the old the old republic that's too many dumb things oh yeah that's that's too many you you have to go back to zero and try again but it's two great dumb things that taste great together yeah and they really it it just out of left field it's a solid book and a solid recommend and it's our first one yeah was our fifth book that we've done so far and i wouldn't recommend any of the others for anything other than like keeping a wobbly table straight (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wouldn't even donate them to prisoners i I would burn this book Except I haven't. I have them all neatly stacked up on a shelf. Yeah, yeah. of course. Because that's what you do. Yeah, why would I throw them you away? You save garbage books. Mm-hmm. That's what your thing is. Yeah, that's me. I spend all my time on the internet being mad about Mary Kondo. <laughs> well, I mean, all of these shitty books spark joy, so it's fine. <laughs> Ooh, do they spark? They spark Patreon ret- returns. <laughs> that's what they spark. You know what they spark? Me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Spark Man. <laughs> Sweet, I need your weapon. Also, you have the best stage music. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure it's not like Metal Man uh, or Quick Man? I, I love both. I, I like every stage music from Mega Man 2 and 3. Oh, yeah. But when having to pick between them, I always go Spark Man first and then probably Metal Shadow Snake. Well, there you go. So, I mean, I could finish the list. But I oh, love, yeah. I love I Capcom mean, Nintendo music. To tell you right now, Gemini Man, amazing. Gemini Man, super solid. That, that Clash Man, <laughs> Clash Man, fucking phenomenal. Air Man. Air Man, also great. Frog Man, fine. I mean, he's probably middle of the pack. Eh. Yeah. Of course, the, none of them are as good as Wily Stage 1 from Mega Man 2. Oh, no. But yeah. Bubble Man. Bubble Man. Get out of here. Oh, dude. I, mean, I should have said that Bubble Man instead of Frog Man. Now that I think yeah, because Frog Man's later. Frog Man is Bubble Man. Yeah. Uh, well, just, there, there was a Frog Man, but also, he was later. also a Frog Man. And you know there's like eight different ice guys? Oh, yeah. There's like Ice Man and Frost Man and mm-hmm. Cold Man and Chill, Chill Penguin. And, <laughs> well, Chill Penguin's an X. X is a completely different genre. Now- I mean... <laughs> Welcome no, to the Mega Man podcast. Weird, weird uh, thing. In addition to Spark Man's being my favorite stage music from the old Nintendo games, Spark Mandrel is my favorite stage music from the from the X games. Anything with a spark, it sparks joy. It, uh, for somehow, for some reason, Spark Mandrel sparks joy. There you Followed go. closely by Storm Eagle because his stage fucking rules. <laughs> I could do this all goddamn. This, this could be the new podcast. You listing off bosses from Je- Mega Man. Jeff exults in Mega Man. <laughs> We could just rate them all. We could rate every single one of them from, from best to worst. Okay. Best, Mega Man 2. Oh, so we're, oh the games? I thought we were rating the, bo- oh. the, uh, the Robot Masters. Oh, are we just <laughs> ra- rating Every the single Robot Master ever. All ever. right, here we go. <laughs> this is what you tuned in for. Actually, uh, if I'm doing best in terms of games, it's going to be X, the first X. Nah, fuck that game. And then three, and then two. Uh, but they're all so close to each other that, that it's hardly relevant. Mm-hmm. But X, uh, X is so well executed and so good, and it's got the Hadouken. It's got the Hadouken. Yeah. And three, I just has the best opening music out of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, how are you? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. What else do we need to say about this book before we close the, the door on it? Uh, Go read it. I mean, it's one of the few that I'm like, oh, this is actually sort of interesting to read. Mm-hmm. And it's fairly quick mm-hmm. as far as reads go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good like airplane read. Yeah. I mean, I have a Nintendo Switch now, so I've never read so, read again. I mean, I've never read before. <laughs> I don't know how to read. I yeah, honestly, folks, that I should probably 
Come clean. Come clean. I've been listening to all I've got this. a dark secret. I've been, <laughs> John, I've got a dark secret. Can I share my dark secret with you at this time? Yes. Okay, great. I've been listening to all these role-playing games on audio tape. Uh, it turns out that someone is recording them on audio tape. It turns out someone is recording it on audio and tape, that, and, and that person is me. And that's you, and you're making so much money off me, and I hate Yeah! <laughs> All I do is when I read the book, I just say what I'm looking at out loud, and then you got to listen to me. i got to follow you around. <laughs> Hope will catch your Tell reading. me a story about RPGs. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I have a Nintendo Switch. I'll never need to read on an airplane ever again. Yeah. I'll just play some fucking Smash Brothers or some shit instead. Hell yeah. But, uh, but it is a solid airport read. So I, I, who's your favorite character? What, in Smash? Yes, in Smash. Oh, uh, I mean, probably K. Rule. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite playable character in Mega Man? Playable character? Playable character in Mega Man 2. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Rock. <laughs> oh, you mean Rockman? Excellent choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, K. Rule's your favorite in Smash? Yeah. You know what's funny? Can mm-hmm. I tell you a dark secret? Tell me. My favorite's Mega Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> I love Mega Man. Ugh. God, we got to do... Something with this Mega Man nonsense. We got to get this out of you. I'm sending you to therapy for you Mega, Man. To Mega Man therapy. Well, can I just go to Mega Man Summer Camp? <laughs> to send me Mega Man Summer Well, camp what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to Mega Man Anonymous. Mm. Now, I've got to be careful because when I send someone to MMA, there's a chance. <laughs> uh, I was kind of hoping I could be sent to the Mega Man camp for Husky Boys. <laughs> no. I'll lose at least 15 pounds, guaranteed. Also, I'll learn to beat ZX Advent. <laughs> Good. And I'll get Mega Man Soccer out of my system. I'll never mention it again. God, I fucking loved Mega Man Soccer so much. <laughs> oh, God. It's so interesting. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Having fucking Dustman as your goalie? Get out of here. Oh, it's so good. The Super Nintendo era was so good to Mega Man, and it's it's crazy. Anyhow, okay. So, <laughs> anyway. So, John, about Mega Man Red Harvest, <laughs> let's... You want to get into questions, or... Do you think we should? It might be a little early, but you know what? It's a wrap-up episode. Those can go a little short. It won't hurt anybody's feelings too much. Yeah, plus these are these are some questions that can spark conversation. Oh, okay. And can they also spark joy? No. Can Nothing they... can spark joy when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> Not anymore. The internet has Star sure Wars is a void of sadness. All right. Well, John, I think you have the Discord ones, and I've got the, uh, the, the, the random few emailed ones here. All right. Uh, let's start out from the Discord. Science Gar asks, do you think... Star Wars should cross into other genres more often, or is it better left as a sometimes food? It's it, you know it's interesting. The question I have is uh, very similar. It's uh, with Star Wars plus zombies making for a surprisingly good story. What other oddball genres would you like to see mashed up with Star Wars? And that's from a Nick U. Um, no, Nick U. Oh, the so so natal intensive care unit. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, so it's Nicotine University. Ah, yes, Nicotine mm. University, famous for asking us questions. That's all they do. All right, they ask us so many misleading questions. Uh, so I think Star Wars in other genres is probably best as a sometimes thing. Yeah, because if if you start doing it all the time, it's going to really kind of dilute what Star Wars is all about. Sure. I mean, let me ask you this question, John. What what genre is Star Wars? Like vanilla Star Wars? Space opera. It's space opera? Yeah. And so have the books that we've read been mostly space opera? <sighs> the problem is no. And that's why I think a lot of the expanded universe stuff kind of blows. <laughs> because they don't 
really lean into what made Star Wars Star Wars because they are so beholden to certain characters and ideas that they have to use. Mm -hmm. And you get... I feel like some of them got closer than others. I mean, like, I, I hate to say it, but Shadows probably came pretty close in terms of like what was going on in the ep. The description is terrible. Oh, no. I mean, I was going to say if it had been done well, like Shadows or Crystal Star both mm. had the idea in mind. They just kind of fucked up the execution. I mean, Crystal Star in particular is great for it because it's so many really good set pieces. You've got the planet of the weird werewolf people. You've got the weird fountain with the dude who plays all kinds of crystals, even though he's a big gloopy monster, i.e. not a sex haver, according to that book's universe. Yeah. You've got the whole situation with the crystal star itself, where it's like falling into a black hole and the sky's all crazy. But you're probably already forgetting all that crap because the book didn't do a very good job of conveying it. No. It was never a central theme. The central theme was always Leia going like, I love my kids. Can I love two men? I might, I might be confusing books. But... <laughs> but um, but it, it really felt like it, it dove, dove too deep into the personal and not enough into the fantastical stuff that, that was the set dressing. Yeah, there wasn't enough exploration of what was going on. It was just kind of following around characters that we had to follow around. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it what it's what made Red Harvest better. Yeah. In my mind is all of the other books we read had to follow around people that already existed mm. and they had to maintain a certain level of continuity to it and not be like oh i can do whatever i want as long as it serves the story i think another big thing was a lot of the books that we've read have introduced characters as if they were the coolest thing ever and then protected them as if they were like jewels of wonder like some the next author in the series was going to give a shit about them yeah like like everyone's trying to write the next mara jade Ugh. uh where this, where this book just gleefully threw its characters away yeah it didn't give a shit. Uh, previous books, you have to deal with, like, you have questions for Zaveri? <laughs> Zaveri has wares if you have coin. Uh, now, as far as other genres that I think Star Wars could go into, I think it would be real interesting and fun to have, like, Star Wars noir mm -hmm. would be easy enough. If you're just like, what are you? I'm some private detective on Coruscant, and they have to go through, like, the skeezy back alleys that turn into, like, the skeezy downward levels. Absolutely no Jedi anywhere in the book. No. That, that would shine too much of a beacon on the dirt. Yeah. Exactly. It's just some guy going through trying to solve a mystery on Coruscant. Like, mm -hmm. that would be cool. He's trying to solve a mystery. <laughs> or rewrite history. <laughs> Either one. Either one. His choice. Dealer's there, choice. Now, there are a few other oddball genre uh, clashes that exist. For example, there's Star Wars Goosebumps. Yes, that is true. Yeah. There is that, like, young horror Star Wars series. Mm -hmm. There's also Star Wars Indiana Jones. Uh, that's pretty much the, the style feeling for uh, some of the Lando Calrissian solo books. Mm. Uh, and then I'd say there's also Star Wars Cowboys, which honestly I feel like is a cool genre that should happen. Maybe that's what that Mandalorian show is going to be. Maybe. Because Star Wars Cowboys would be great, right? Like, it mostly takes place in a single small town in the Star Wars universe. Instead of going all kinds of places in, with hyperspace. It's like DS9, but Star Wars. Yeah. Like, the adventure comes to you. Yeah. Uh, so, I could I could see that being a genre I'd like to check out is Star Wars Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, what else, though? 
What, else, what other genres would you like to see? Let's get that uh, Star Wars medical drama. Mm, yeah, that's Chicago Hope, but Star Wars. Yeah, and I mean, while we're there, we're going to do Star Wars Special Victims Unit. Uh, <laughs> you saying they're they quiver and heap of sex havers? <laughs> uh, to little girls? <laughs> yes, Ice-T, that's what we're saying. Yes, Ice-T. <laughs> You've worked here for 20 years. <laughs> also, the, uh, the medical drama would be great. Get this guy in a back-to-tank stat! That's always the solution to everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's Star Wars. I mean, what did you want me to say? <laughs> Put him next to that weird blue droid that doesn't seem like it can walk. Ah, <laughs> uh, someone get me, I don't know, a hand for this guy. <laughs> that seems to happen a lot. How many hands we got? Uh, well, we're all out of Skywalker hands and Skywalker-related family hands. Ah, oh, well, we had a run on that earlier. Well, but, but, sir, this is Jason uh, uh, Solo. He's a Skywalker. Put a Skywalker foot there. No one will notice. <laughs> It'll be real fine. weird. Skywalker feet are ooh, they're weird looking, and they look kind of like hands. <laughs> Super common. They got they got the monkey feet. We got plenty though. <laughs> oh man, learning that Leia's got them monkey feet must have done something for Quentin Tarantino just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he's real swelling the dicks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so there's a variety of fun genres. I, I wouldn't also mind seeing a, like a dense political uh, one where it's just like, oh, Coruscant politics. Or give me a like real old style 50s, 60s beach blanket Star Wars. <laughs> Everyone's just hanging out on Scarif, singing songs and toasting marshmallows. Two people, um, two stormtroopers making out in the, in the surf out there. Fuck yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh all right, I'm going to go to the next one. Agent Wiggles asks, is there an expanded universe novel series that is overall good? Like, there are series in Star Trek, in Star Trek that are enjoyable, and <laughs> I just want to know if there's anything. This is more a question for you. Was there any series that you read that was good? Like any series, I'm sorry, I was looking for the next question in the email. So the question was... Uh, was Any Star Wars series that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can think of a couple. Of, check out the Brian Daly, uh, Han Solo, so, uh, Solo stuff. Like, it's all it's all Han Solo before he met everyone, and before the Solo movie, obviously. It was written in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so it, it posits Han Solo is living out past Imperial uh, control, uh, often a kind of... It, it, weird mining com colony uh, area. He meets a bunch of crazy aliens. He's constantly pursued by a villain who wears beads in his mustache and is named Galandro the Gunman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it gets a little Indiana Jonesy, but uh, and a little bit of cowboy, but it is so good. And he keeps meeting these interesting characters and hanging out with them for about a book's worth of time, mm -hmm. like Skinks the Rurian, and it's just it's just a good series. All right. Uh, the other one, of, while I'm mentioning the 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 Han Solo trilogy. I always want to mention the Lando Calrissian trilogy because uh, those are just fucking loopy nonsense and they are so much fun. All right. Uh, basically, because Lando doesn't get a huge amount of development in the actual Star Wars movies, you know, it, he's a little easier to write than, than some of the others and hit the tone correctly. Yeah. So the Lando Calrissian trilogy with his companion droid Vuffy Ra are they're so much fun. They're so good that they got mentioned in the solo movie. Uh, every time that Lando in, in in the movie Solo, every time he's just randomly bragging to some other gambler, he's describing the effects of the uh, or that one time when he's like doing his own like autobiography. Everything he's saying is from those books. Huh. They are completely worth reading. All right. So yeah, well, there you go. Okay, I've got one here. I've got a lot less than you. I'm guessing. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I can take a couple if you want. Uh, it's but... fine. I, I got the next one here. Uh, 
Oftentimes, zombie films are said... Oh, sorry, this comes from Marcus. Oftentimes, zombie films are said to criticize our overconsumption. Zombies figuratively being humans, insatiable in our need to consume. Does Red Harvest reinforce or engage with this idea in other ways than just featuring zombies? Or is Schreiber, in your interpretation, not interested in that symbolism? As someone that wrote an entire college paper about the metaphor of Night of the Living Dead for various communist propagandas... Uh, I read this question before we started this, and I fucking love it. And I do believe that there is actually a stand-in for what it is. Whoa, John's queuing up a swell in the dick song over here. <laughs> what you got for me? Uh, okay. So when I was thinking about it, in this, the zombies really more than consumption... Uh, since that's more of the standard Romero zombie thing, I feel like the zombies in Red Harvest stand in more for the way that the Sith ideology consumes you. Mm -hmm. Uh, none of the, like, uh, the Jedi and the one, like, actual dude who's just hanging out there, Pergus, mm -hmm. get infected with it. It's all Sith and even, like, uh, the Tulk the Whippet who has that same mentality, that same lookout for number one, uh, yeah. taking joy in killing, things like that. And so, especially the idea of the hive mind is this screaming mass of anger that mm -hmm. has no direction besides wanting to sort of hurt other things. And that, I think, really, it's a stand-in for what the Sith ideology is. That does make a lot of sense. Is this just screaming anger with no direction. Yeah, when you think about it, aside from Tulk, literally only Sith get infected with the disease. Like, even the two uh, bounty hunters that show up at the beginning, uh, whose names escaped me, but one of them was a Nelvanian, uh, they, the two of them just get murdered. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it really does seem like it's, it's pretty much just the Sith ideology taken to a logical extreme. Yeah. Which was funny because we kept making jokes about that throughout the course of the book that, that a Sith Academy with everyone following the Sith ideology and it's logical. Like how would point, this work? It, everyone would be trying to destroy each other and that's basically what happens. Yes. Yeah. It's just what happens if you take the fetters off a Sith, a Sith school, it more or less deconstructs the notion of a Sith Academy, uh, throughout the course of the book. And that's, that's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do super love that question. I love any time I can talk about dumb zombie nonsense and what it actually means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is uh what, what was your paper on on the topic of Night of Living Dead? Was it was it confirming the consumerism thing? So there's another way that you can actually look at it, mm -hmm. where the zombies themselves, instead of being mindless consumers, can also be seen as the actual proletariat and the wave of communism taking over mm. as it spreads. So there's not only the criticism of American culture as consumerism, but you can also spin it around as sort of a red scare of these uh, things that are like us are going to try and infect us mm -hmm. with a different way of living. Yeah, that's a very buttoned-down 50s way of looking at the movie. Yes. It it's, it's like basically, I was like, if I was going to read it less as someone who was going from Romero's point of view, which very much is the consumerism thing, mm -hmm. but rather the time in which it was taking place and the fears of it 
that's sort of a fear you would be able to have. I kind of that kind of makes me want to recut the trailers for it to be a trailer where it's like delivered by one of those fifties glasses and micron high buzz cut guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, fear the dangers of zombies. What you need to know. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. Here's young Petey about to go on his first date, but is he ready for the undead? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> He's dead now. There he goes. Now let's cut to two old businessmen discussing how to take care of their employees on a porch. <laughs> oh, never mind. Zombies have eaten them. Uh, I'm the selling wizard, the and I'm being selling wizard, and I'm being eaten by zombies. <laughs> All right. So Pringles asks, uh, "Who is your favorite original character in the book, and your least favorite?" I'm really glad that we kind of skipped over that question. Yeah, that's why I skipped yeah, over that question yeah. because I knew it was coming up. Oh, very good. I didn't read any of the questions coming up. I was I, I had other things. I think I read up. most of them. That's good. So yeah. I've got uh, some answers prepped in my head already for a lot of these. Well, good. You want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, I mean, for favorite character, for favorite character. I <laughs> love Wall Venus. <laughs> I also love Albinus. I'm uh, sorry, Walbinus. Yeah, this Walbinus that I've got. People were grumpy that his name is spelled with two N's and that we were being f- silly about that. I don't care. I know. <laughs> his name is Venus and you could bite me. <laughs> no, but, but really, who's your favorite? Let's let's hear it. Uh, I actually would... I kind of want to go with uh, Ra'at. Oh, Ra'at. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It was... Not so much my favorite character because I was like, ooh, he's so cool, and I, I want to hear about his adventures, but because he was just a scrappy asshole. Yeah, he was like the opposite of cool. He was like a little, he was like an Invader Zim type. No, he was just a little dick, Yeah, but he kept managing to survive, mm-hmm. and when he finally died, I was like, this is great. Yeah. I loved this. Yeah. Like, the entire story of Rat was just neat because you tried so hard to set him up mm-hmm. to be like oh yeah he's gonna be one of the heroes of this and then when he dies two-thirds of the way through you're like ha, ha, nice i very strongly saw Raat dying in a lightsaber fight with hestizo or rojo <laughs> like i thought that was the way he was gonna go out that he'd, he'd end up being one of the last lines against the jedi or maybe a temporary ally of theirs yeah but instead they just murdered no him. i really thought the two like plot threads with Rat in the sewers and Hestizo up mm-hmm. above with Tulk, we're going to meet up at some point. Yeah, I thought that too. That was I was really surprised that it didn't. Yeah, uh, but you know, it, so it's fine go. because the, the stories were both pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite was Rojo. Yeah, uh, I really liked how the, the genre changed whenever he was the main character of, of a chapter. Well, it's why noir Star Wars came to mind so readily when we were asked about other genres, because I was like, I would totally read some shit like that. I love that they gave Rojo like psychometry powers and stuff, which basically add up to nothing uh but but still the fact that he, he more or less is spider-man noir throughout the course of this book oh yeah like anytime it cuts to him it's like it's a cold blustery night in the sith academy <laughs> the wind bites almost as hard as the zombies <laughs> pretty damn hard <laughs> so uh, i was sweating bullets <laughs> loading my gun with sweat bullets <laughs> i was sweating bullets opening for D- dale in the dick swelling the dicks <laughs> I was swelling dicks. <laughs> that's me. Swell and dicks. I'm a private eye. Also, that's the name of my company. I, this is this is getting convoluted. I, it's weird, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I loved how it switched into this kind of noir, black and white take on the world whenever he was the main character. I mean, he was just definitely like critical mass badass. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't really save him in the end, but... but uh, 
But uh, it, it, for as much as he was like a crazy badass, it, there's never a point in the book where he actually saves the day or anything. No. He just sort of stalks around in the background uh, as, as a tertiary plot, which still is really fun to read. Mm-hmm. So Rojo's my favorite. All right. Yeah. And least favorite, uh, I... Ooh, I don't know. I think I'd probably have to end up going with... I feel like the HK droid could have had more for him. Does he even have a name? Like I know, that's the problem. He yeah. was just an HK droid. Yeah, that, that could have been good. I might want to say Kendra. That's fair. Uh, I, I feel like Kendra gets built up, goes nowhere, and is a little... It's funny because you meet her first as it's like this is the bookish wizard Sith librarian kid. Nope, she's also the best at everything. <laughs> so it's it's a little weird. I, I feel like she never really went anywhere interesting and just wasn't a favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah. It was so a weird go. introduced late and then killed off as well. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like, huh? You were only here for like the middle part of this book. Yeah, I did kind of like the scenes where she was like threatening threatening Sith Crab and Goyle. Yeah, uh, she was definitely very assertive and, and matter of fact about everything. But ultimately, she just d- vanishes for a while and then shows up to announce something and die. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so not not. I mean, the one thing that's neat for, about her is that she reveals the moment at which the zombies achieve sentience. All right. Because they make her say something to the uh, to to uh, Pergus. Yeah. Which is, I, I would love to know how that happened exactly. It's an it's a neat moment. Yeah, it's very weird. I'm like, I don't know how they communicated that to her. Yeah. But... Right. You think they just scream all the time? Yeah. So there you go. Favorites and least favorites. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take one more, uh, Grundle Slayer, which, great name, uh, asks, similar to the zombie tree, what would be an interesting alien to be turned into a zombie? Oh, like, should we pick actual Star Wars aliens for Oh, this? yeah, obviously. Okay, uh, let's, I'm going to have to go with Brebeshems. <laughs> Just a quivering heap of zombie shems. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'll have to think about this for a second. I mean, what, what are some of the more iconic uh, Star Wars? I mean, obviously, huts need to come into consideration. Would a zombie hut be Zombie the hut. Oh, because they're already gross and slimy. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I was thinking, like, one of the Moncals. Like, oh, yeah. zombie Moncal. I could see that. Or how about a uh, Ithorian? Oh, man, that would be real weird. They don't even have teeth. I know. They just have weird little double vocal things on the sides of their head. They'd have to bite you with, like, the, the middle of their neck. <laughs> Plus, that would make their their scream really weird, given that they've got the uh, the whole double vocal thing. Mm, maybe Danic Jericho would be a great choice to turn into a zombie. Just wander a soup, <laughs> soup. Uh, if I can remember the name of his species, I would completely be saying that right now. Yeah. And and that is that right? Anzati. Anzati. Ansem? It's definitely not <laughs> Ansem. <laughs> Ansem. Ansem. Now you've got me in an old Looney Tunes mode. Uh. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, there's so many fun Star Wars aliens that it's, it's hard to pick. A, but maybe a Rodian would be cool. Just to watch like that, that nose. A little just, nose try and bite someone. And just goop coming out of it like, like uh, a faucet. Wow. Just everywhere he's walking, just a fountain of black goop coming out of his nose. <laughs> Uh, I I think I'm gonna stick with my Mon Cal. Zombie Mon Cal sounds fun. It does because they get gross real fast because they've got that wet skin. Yeah, so that'd be that get would a be pretty dried solid. out, weird looking zombie Mon Cal. Mm. I'm gonna pick the scariest thing possible, which is a uh, what's his name? Zombie Bantha. Uh, it's uh, Troig. Troig would be absolutely horrifying as a zombie. Oh my god! Because you know you know Troigs, right? Yeah, that's Fodson B. Dano Due, the uh, the the two headed announcer of the podcast. And what would be 
better is if it only infected one of them. Exactly. If one of them goes zombie first and the other one's trying to escape. Oh, God damn it. I can't kill him. He's my brother. <laughs> but like the other zombie head doesn't bite that head because it's like, oh, no, you're part of me. <laughs> he just so it's just around. He just pulls him around and the other head has to watch as the zombie part of him murders people. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, John, I just realized who would be the greatest zombie in Star Wars history and it would be Salacious Crumb. <laughs> just you hear that ah, and you're like in a dark room and you're looking around where is he where's the little fucker and he like falls and just leaps out from the darkness <laughs> taking a little tiny bites <laughs> yeah so uh so that'd be pretty solid or also whatever the hell yoda is <laughs> yeah a yoda a yoda or a yaddle the other one <laughs> all right i got one for you here this one's to us from tinvey who says how are you doing jeff how are you doing john hey john how are you doing? Uh, kind of heck, headachey, he a little hungry. A, he wrote it with an RU, which is against the spirit of. It's how you doing? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right, my friend. I am not hungry or headachey or nothing. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here, and I want to go back to playing Mario Kart. <laughs> I want to solve the mystery of Wet Bowser. <laughs> solve the mystery or rewrite history of Wet Bowser. <laughs> I feel like Wet Bowser and Wet Koopa are just like hunting Kevin McAllister. Uh. All right, so. My question is, if the orchid needs to be in close proximity to a Jedi to survive, how do these orchids grow in the wild? Your thoughts? I think the thing is, they don't need to be near a Jedi to grow, just to just to become semi-intelligent Jedi talking plants. I think it was flowers. just the... To transport it, it had to have that Jedi there. Yeah. As like- far as, like... If you just take this flower out of its very controlled environment then it'll get all fucked up. It might very well live on... They might only grow on one of the two Jedi alive planets that there are, too. Like, that could very well be... that. that most of the flora on that planet is technically a Jedi because it, grow, it grows on the Mogo of Star Wars. Because <laughs> there's two of them. You can look them up on... You mean po- the ego of Star Wars? I do not. Mogo's the one that's a... Uh, the, the DC one. I know. Yeah. But I, but ego, good poll. Also a living planet. That's I know. Ins- yeah, sure. Fair enough. It's just that Ego has made it into the movies, and Mogo has yet to do so. Yeah, Come well, on, Mogo. I believe in you. <laughs> DC, you fucking cowards. Put Mogo in Put a movie. Put Mogo in Aquaman 2. <laughs> Mogo versus Aquaman. Do it. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think they just need to be uh, in, in pro- proximity to Jedi in order to flourish, not necessarily to survive. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. we got to ask Joe that question. That's a question for Joe. Oh, Joe. Uh, all right. Clocks Akimbo asks, so if you were going to make a sequel to this book, either centered around Hestizo or featuring her as an important character, what kind of story would you like to see? Oh, okay. So if we were going to do it as a regular old Star Wars novel, but Hestizo had to be the star. Or at least featured. Hmm. Like, Hestizo shows up as an important character. Well, Hestizo's only got the one trick in her book. Oh, yeah. She's she's a plant je- Jedi. She does plant Jedi business. Which means, mm-hmm. Ithorians. Or Zeph Liffles. Nah, man. Ithorians, because they've got that whole, like, we think plants are sacred or whatever. Yeah, they do. They, they live in, in floating ships that sweep over their own planet because they won't set foot on it. They, they, they think it's uh, too sacred for them to be on because there's so many nice plants on it. Yeah. And they tend to their plants, and they're really good with their plants. Maybe, like, Hestizo versus a, uh, a Mon Cal, or sorry, an Ithorian gone wrong. <laughs> Mon Cal. It's yeah, just, just it's the zombie Mon reason. She's fighting the zombie Mon Cal. She's like, God a- damn it, not again. <laughs> Why is s- zombies... God, God damn it. Why did it have to be zombies? Yeah, she's just the Indiana Jones of Star Wars and constantly has to fight other uh, 
other Star Wars uh, zombies. No, but but Zephliffles are a fine choice too. What if if she had to settle a war between the Zephliffles and some other plant species? Remember them? They were the kelp guys. Oh, from, I know. Yeah, Crystal Star. They're kelp, John. Oh, I know. I mean, technically, kelp's not a plant, but I don't think she's that picky about it. <laughs> I mean, she can grow like moss and stuff. Yeah, well, moss is a plant. It's uh, kelp is kelp is a whole other thing. Kelp's a whole thing. I think it's an algae, technically. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she can talk to algae. Maybe it turns out she can't, and she has to learn to over the course of the episode. Like, she meets some Zephyrliffle, and she's like, sweet, plant people. And then she tries to use her force ability, and they're like, eh, eh, saltwater, algae, phytoplankton, eh, hold fasts. And she's like, phytoplankton. <laughs> she's like, this is so confusing. Uh, uh, let's see. I got one from Lord of Hats. Well, the Lord of Hats. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not just any Lord not of Hats. Not a Lord of Hats. Yeah. The Lord also of Hats. Also a Lord of Hats. What made a bigger difference for the book's relative quality? The fact that it didn't need to use established characters or the fact that it didn't need to be set in the main time period? It's definitely the established characters thing. Yeah. For me, anyway. I, I was getting quite sick of how bad people are at writing Leia. <laughs> yeah, I mean... God, that is the worst one. But even then, there's just a lot of really bad versions of Han. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much just dismissal of Chewbacca, where they're they like, I don't know what up. to do with him, so he just gets to sit in the corner. He goes to the woods. That's Chewbacca. Chewbacca's here as well. Yeah, so many the, the kids being written as precocious, speaking in in eye dialects and little weirdos. I'm I just didn't. I, I was okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the, the timeline, not that important to me. Either. No, I mean, you could have done this without it being uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of Sith, you could have done this with just zombies showing up somewhere. And it does happen. That's that's the uh, Death Troopers yeah. has, I think, a two-chapter cameo appearance by by uh, Han and, and uh, Chewie, uh, who are both killed by zombies. Uh, oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, 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 but otherwise, Death Troopers is basically this book, but in the regular Jedi era. Yeah. So, uh, so that, so this is, it really does show that it's mostly about the character work because there, there are better books than this or, or not than this, uh, than what we have read that are set in the regular era and that don't have any of the main characters in them. Uh, people are always going on about how great the Wraith, Wraith Squadron books are. Yeah. And the most famous person in those is Wedge. <laughs> so it can be done, but in this case, it was definitely just a, a breath of fresh air to meet characters that were not plot invincible. Mm-hmm. So I've got one here for you, John. Okay. It's from Nicky Cheeses. I'm getting all the Nicks. Uh, what Star Wars story would make the best musical? Uh, hmm. Star Wars story? Mm-hmm. You pick any Star Wars. It could be any of the books that we've already read that you, that you like as a musical. I know what my answer is, so I can give you some time. Okay. So there is a children's book that came with an audio cassette for Star Wars that I read back in the day. Uh, it was called Star Wars Droid World. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a pretty short book, and it's basically... Luke, who's just off on a weird mission of his own, because that's how old Expanded Universe stuff worked. Like, he, it doesn't really explain what, what the continuity is or why he's doing what he's doing. But he's flying around with R2-D2 and C-3PO. Uh, and he finds a, a little battle station that's orbiting a planet uh, called Droid World that's got one human on it who cyborged himself up real good and a whole bunch of droids. Okay. And over the course of the book, he's like, ah, humans bad, droids good. And then he learns to be nice to, to Luke. Uh, but but eventually it's revealed that he's like actually trying to seduce C-3PO and R2-D2 to join him. Ah. And, and they have to escape the planet. And then he like destroys himself and stuff. But the themes of him being... It's basically he's the phantom of the droid opera. Okay. So it would make for a pretty solid musical. Is, is 
Han, or, or Luke's like, you know, singing a song to him about, oh, the whole world of living creatures is great. You could meet someone made of meat and they'd be nice to meet. That kind of thing. And he could be like, leave me alone in my metal isolation. Huh. So I, I'd be I'd be down for that. You could give R2-D2 and C-3PO a tap number. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's my choice. Uh, Droid World. Look it All up. Right. It's a great book. It's been, I took most of my adult life trying to remember the name of that book. Because I was like, there's this weird book where, where Luke goes to a planet made of droids, and I can't remember what it's called. So one day I Googled Droid World, and... And, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> Good. It's pretty rough to learn that. Pretty... Pretty, uh, pretty rough. Pretty tough. That was a, not a great answer for pretty you. Pretty rough and tumble. Yeah. All the new droids in that book are hilarious. They're drawn the way that, like late or mid 80s gi joe vehicles are drawn uh, you know like it's just a rolling toaster with one huge metal claw sticking out of the side of it uh that kind of thing so there you go a musical droid world there you go uh i think you could do uh like a pretty good lay miz style version of rogue one oh okay yeah i can see that yeah yeah that scene where like uh where where uh what's this, the main character guy uh whatever they, you know the guy i'm thinking of where he has to like kill that informant and he's like running away. Yeah, from and the then they could sing "Informer" by and Snow. You need to add a Javert. Could it just be Krennic? Yeah. Okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah, that may be the saddest story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no the the whole thing plays out with this sort of horrid, desperate struggle that is just going to end in death. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, this is a great Les Mis style musical. Can we add a scene where they stop by uh, Maz Kanata's and they and she sings "Master of the House"? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything else is only sort of in the style of it, but she actually sings just master, master of the house. Just ma- you have to add another person. So let's say she's recently hired on Dexter Jetster. <laughs> and the two of them sing master of the house together while they're like pickpocket drunken aliens and stuff. Yeah. Isn't worth my spit. Makes you think. Yeah. So, okay. I like your, I like your idea, John. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> What oh from typo or really T P Y O. Uh what other family friendly franchise would you like to set a gory horror novel in? And what monster would you use for it? Ooh, interesting. So a gory horror novel set in the franchise any other franchise that's the kind of franchise that has like expanded universe fiction written about it. Well, like something that's normally like, oh, the whole family can go see this. Mm-hmm. And you know, something that, like, has toys for little kids and things like that. So, like, the Hardy Boys and holy shit, this one's real? <laughs> the Hardy Boys and oh god, werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> the Hardy Boys and it turns out that Chet is a Cenobite. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's our lovably ro- rotund friend, Chet. How are you, Chet? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, you could have, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> just Cloudy with a Chance of Chainsaws. They just rain down. <laughs> <laughs> A really noisy rain today. <laughs> uh, okay, let's think about this. Where can we go with that? Uh, Robin Hood, but half the animals are just regular animals. Like the Disney's Robin Hood. Okay. Uh, so, like, there's a point where, where Robin's, like, singing to Maid Marian, and she just jumps him and tears him in half. Because <laughs> he's, like, a silly little cartoon fox, and she's just, like, a real fox. Yeah, but a real fox isn't going to jump a cartoon fox. Uh, you never know. I, oh, I know. I, I, okay. Look, I know. Okay. Hold on. I have all the answers here. Fine. So. Okay. Let me ask you a different question then. How about if it's Winnie the Pooh, but Winnie is actually a regular bear? <laughs> See, now this isn't a horror version of this. Yeah, this it, is it, just... it is for Piglet. <laughs> he comes over, oh, Pooh, I'm scared of something. And he's just... <laughs> 
I have to go talk to Owl. He'll save me. And Owl just swoops <laughs> him up. <laughs> it's it's Winnie the Pooh, but Piglet's the only one who's not just a regular animal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Piglet's very bad day. <laughs> and then he wakes up at the end of it and is like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, dear. And then he's he's messily devoured by Gopher or something. <laughs> that isn't a regular Gopher, but just Gopher shows up and messily devours him. Yeah, I, I can't do a Gopher impression because it's all whistling through his front teeth. Yeah. But uh, but he shows up and he's just like, hello, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> whistle, whistle. <laughs> yep. Nope. Can't do can't it. Can't do it. It's a hard It's a hard voice to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't do that whistle. <laughs> Tigger will save me. Nope. Tigger's a tiger. You, oh, no. That was a terrible choice. Everything's bad here. And, and after he gets the shit kicked out of him by Kanga... He just goes back home and goes to bed and wakes up the next day. Yeah. There you go. All right. What about you? Oh, I already said, I want Cloudy with a chance of Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Let me, is, it, is it just Chainsaws falling from the sky, or is it Chainsaw Massacres falling from the sky? No, no. It's, it's Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And he's like, I'm making a new invention. And then motherfuckers like come out and Leatherface tries to kill him. Oh, okay. So all those things are happening. Does he like have to? Is he the final girl of the movie and he saves himself by using the fact that it rains food? Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, he, like, throws pancakes in, in Leatherface's eyes or something. <laughs> yeah. Leatherface, like... Slips he, on a meatball. Yeah, he programs <laughs> it to, like, drop slabs of, like, beef, and he just kind of goes, ah, beef. <laughs> Starts hacking into the beef and doing his fun little chainsaw dance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. fun little chainsaw dance. I re- that's, I've never actually seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen clips from it, and it does seem like he does some dancey sort of things that's that's the end of the movie is he is the final girl gets away in like the back of a pickup truck and he runs out into the street and does that fun little chainsaw dance where he like spins around with it (laughs) i'm sad that i saw a clip that ruined the movie for me well there you go movie i probably wasn't gonna see anyway yeah (laughs) i mean i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna go out here and in addition to rosemary's baby i think is terrible i'm not a huge fan of the original texas chainsaw massacre either Fair enough. I've got opinions about horror movies people like. Man, someone recently emailed us to tell us that we were dead wrong about Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, but they're wrong. <laughs> Rosemary's Baby is garbage. I don't think it's maybe it's really good, but it's very boring. It's a very boring, dull movie, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. How about Rosemary's Baby, but something scary actually happens? <laughs> How about Rosemary's Baby, but anything happens? <laughs> That's my suggestion. Expanded universe, Robert, Rosemary Rosemary's Baby, where anything happens. <laughs> yeah, at all. but the monster in this one is anything. <laughs> Just anything. Just something that happens. So uh, yeah, it's existential ennui. She has to she has to have sex with that fish man from uh, from <laughs> ah! the shape of water. The shape, the lady in the water. <laughs> yeah, she has to have sex with the fish man from the lady in the water. <laughs> Is he a point? A narf? A scrunt? I have no idea. <laughs> she doesn't right. have to, John. She chooses to. Chooses. Chooses to. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of choice. All right, what else you got? Because I'm all out. All right, I'm tapped. Uh. <laughs> This should be the last one too, by the way, because we're 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 rounding the horn on the hour. All right, that's fine. I'll just pick one more. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Twin Drills asks: Would the Sith Academy have any kind of extracurricular activities or groups? Since Sith teenagers are probably still teenagers, would there be an evil baseball team or evil chess club? I'm really glad you asked this. This is one of the ones I had read before, and it's super solid. Or are they just so far up their own evil asses that the entire Sith experience is boring on top of painful and fear-inducing? I mean, I feel like. They'd probably have individual sporting events. I don't know if they could even do team sporting events. Yeah. If they could, it would have to literally be like the people who were team captains have dirt on the other people on the team. I mean, I think the only way you could do anything remotely team based Mm -hmm. would be something like a relay race. Yeah. Because then you get to try and outshine the other people that you're against. 
but if you fuck up the dude in front of you, you lose. Mm-hmm. So you have to try as hard as you can competition-wise, but you also can't fuck up the person on your team. Exactly. I mean, otherwise, imagine what evil baseball would look like. Like, the shortstop and the, and the second baseman both go for a line drive to grab it and throw it in, and then the first one to get to it just gets cut in half by the other one. Yeah. Because he's like, I steal the glory of tossing this in. Ah, it was I who got the out. <laughs> and now to kill the pitcher with my mighty throw. <laughs> It is the most desirable and therefore only worthwhile position. Yeah, I imagine that would be a thing where it's like if you had Sith football, everyone would be like, oh, I'm trying to murder my way up to quarterback. <laughs> quarterback just constantly cutting everyone in front of him in half. <laughs> His defensive line. Yeah, it's just a real bad scene. Yeah, but things like pole vault and stuff like that where it's just individual displays of prowess. Then all you have to do is keep them separated from each other before they do the event and after so they don't murder each other rather than let the other person compete. Well, yeah, and I'm, I mean, I figure you'd also get that with, like, Evil Chess Club for all the bookish kindras out there mm-hmm. who are like, oh, I'm I'm the smart one, and you'd have them play, like, I don't know, whatever that dumb game is that they were playing on the fucking Falcon. Dejaric? Yeah. Hollow Chess? That yeah. Hollow Chess? Yeah. Uh, even then, you'd still have all the people, like, sitting down to play chess, and the first thing that happens is one of them is like, yeah, pawn forward to also let me win or I'll stab you in your dick. I've, I've already got the lightsaber out under the table. Well, I mean, the nice thing is it's Sith Academy, which means they don't. I, like, because none of them are going to have lightsabers. That's true. But, but but if they cheat and one of them has lightsabers. Oh, no, it'll obviously be let me win or else I'll some embarrassing some. secret thing. Yeah. It would just be so full of boring threats. That or you'd have someone like Lusk who's like, uh, I will just mind control you into letting me win. Mm-hmm. He just wins everything. Academic decathlon, <laughs> debate club. Uh, Imagine having a, what a debate club with Lusk would be like. He's like, on my side, I am for tobacco. Uh, I rest my case. What about you, other guy? I am also for tobacco, and I pooped myself. Good night. <laughs> uh, I voluntarily surrender all points. <laughs> and I pooped myself. <laughs> and it's important to me that you know I pooped myself. <laughs> I poop myself, everybody. I pooped myself. <laughs> when I think about you, I poop myself. <laughs> also, when I don't. <laughs> I'm constantly pooping myself. And you can call me Diaper Dengar! <laughs> Full circle! All the way around. Now, we've got one last thing to do, John, before we can be done with today's episode. Yeah, we got to announce. we got to announce what's coming up. we got that new book. Now, I'm going to do it the way I always do, which is before I tell you the title, I'm going to start reading the back. So the folks who really know their books can uh, can feel superior can to the people. Can yell at their podcast about yeah. this. Yeah, they can yell on the bus or whatever. So here we go. <clears throat> Time to yell on a bus. This one pretty much gives it away in the first two words. But uh, not to like folks who haven't read these books like John. So you ready? Nam Chorios is a barren backwater world. <laughs> Once a dreaded prison colony, now home to a fanatic religious cult. It is here that Princess Leia has been taken captive by a ruthless and charismatic warlord bent on destroying the New Republic. (laughs) Bent on destroying your dick. An evil army of bows. Uh, Meanwhile, Luke lands on a mysterious planet in search of his lost love, Callista, only to discover the Force is his own worst enemy. But worst of all, as Han, Chewie, and Lando... Leave Coruscant on a desperate rescue mission, a strange life form, unlike any the galaxy has ever seen, awakens. A life form so malevolent, it will destroy everything, both Empire and New Republic, on its path to domination. Okay. God damn it. 
It's too many things going on at the same time again. They always do a bunch of different stories at once. You can't get around it. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who already know, congratulations for everyone else. The next book, if you want to follow along, is Barbara Hambly's Planet of Twilight. There you go. It's Planet got everything. Of Twilight. You, you got it. It's got everything you hate about Star Wars fan fiction novels. Uh, a, a strong focus on Princess Leia. A strong focus on Princess Leia being helplessly held captive. A boring story where Luke discovers weird things about the Force again. Yeah, and Han and Chewie off doing some dumb nonsense that doesn't matter to the rest of the book. And Callista shows up in this one. This is a character we've mentioned I, a few times. I don't know who Callista is. Oh, so great. You're going to love Callista. Great. I can't wait. Yeah, I've got things to tell you about Callista, sir. But Good. not right now, because they're fun spoilers. Wonderful. So here we go. Oh, by the way, her full name is Callista Ming. Her full name is Callista Flockhart. <laughs> Yeah, her full name's Callista Flockhart. I forgot to get into that. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> Weird, that right? Luke finally tracks her down. He's like, I lost love. And she's like, I'm married to Harrison Ford. So this is very awkward. Very weird. <laughs> I'm going to let you leave quietly now and, and, and save yourself further embarrassment. <laughs> and he's like, can you still dance with that baby? <laughs> ah. Yes. Yes, I can. I just choose not to. And I won't. Go. <laughs> so coming up. Next week, we're going to get started on Barbara Hambly's Planet of Twilight, one of the famously worst books of the original expounded, expanded universe. Oh, good. So, back <sighs> to... Back into the trenches. Back to basics. <laughs> there was It was a nice vacation while it lasted. <laughs> I, there was a point where I was considering just doing the other zombie book next. Yeah. Same author... Same kind of storyline, but we've had it good for too long, John. Too long. Yeah, that's we not, have rested on our laurels. That's not what we do here. <laughs> so go out and buy yourself a copy of Planet of Twilight. Let's see if we can freak out the people who still get money from this thing, and uh, we'll see you next week with the start of that. I'm very excited. Now, John, are we doing bonus content or no? I don't even. Maybe we could take a week off. Do we do that, or do we just keep? Do it? we ever do that? We never take weeks. Have we off. ever taken a week off? We did. We did for this to show. Yeah, because I had really bad pneumonia. Yeah, you were all fucked up. Now I only have medium pneumonia. Yeah, <laughs> your pneumonia has downgraded to uh, walking around pneumonia. Well, last night I did. The, I woke up with a, no night before last. I woke up because I was hearing my own breathing again. Nice. So that's that's never fun, especially when it happens like three in the morning. Because what am I going to do about it? I can't nightwell myself back down because in three hours I have to wake up and take care of a baby. Yeah, well. So anyway, that's enough of my winesins. I just was curious, are we doing bonus content? Sure, why of not? Of course we are. That's right. Why wouldn't we? Now, if you want that bonus content, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $2 level. It's usually about 4 bucks a month. Twice a year, it'll be 6 bucks a month. I apologize in advance for those two, those two oh times a year. Oh, my God. So, you know, uh, one less Jumbo Jack combo. I, 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 it, it hurts me as much as it hurts you. Because <laughs> I have one less Jumbo Jack Because I also pledge to this show myself. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. I don't know why. It's basically I, just giving me money. I lose money every time because of the, mo the money that Patreon takes. <laughs> uh, but I do it anyway just to expand our numbers by $2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to hear that bonus content, it's two bucks, patreon.com slash systemmastery, where every week after we finish this episode, we do a dive into Wikipedia and find something stupid to tell you all about. Yes, indeed, and this will be no different. Yep. We'll find something. Don't you worry. Rest your heads. <laughs> Rest your sweet, sweet head on my lap. All right. Well, we'll see you in the bonus content for those of you that are at the $2 level. Otherwise, I've been Elan Bagiano. And I'm wrapping up this dick. <laughs> and the swells. 
Wait, no, that's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, it's swelling that's a counter the dicks. Band. It's swelling the dicks. Oh, no, they have an evil villain band. Oh, no, Dick and the Swells, they're coming <laughs> for you. They're bent on destroying your band. <laughs>